Are you ready for retirement? Do you feel comfortable about your years of retirement? Many women don't feel ready or have some questions that need to be answered. Welcome to Women Seeking Blissful Retirement with Maria Lucasen. We've got some amazing guests and terrific ideas to make sure you are preparing and enjoying retirement. Now, here's your host, Maria Lucasen. Yes, hello and welcome to today's show of the Women Seeking Blissful Retirement. It's uh, a sunny day here in Florida where I am and wherever you are, I hope you have a wonderful mm. day too. So this podcast is on the empowerment channel of Voice America, which is the largest radio platform in the world of talk radio shows. And I welcome all my listeners here in the United States and Canada. But I know we also have women listening in Europe, France and Germany and the UK, but also in Australia or in China. So there is a worldwide audience. And I love that because we all want to retire at some time in our lives. So if you are making time now to listen to this show, I am really grateful that you uh, have decided to do that because that means that you are serious about planning and preparing for your retirement. So I hope all the topics that I talk about are interesting to you and that help you with preparing for your next chapter in life. So who I am. If you, this is the first time. My name is Maria Lucasen and I am a certified retirement coach. I help women find joy and meaning in their retirement. And ideally, we make plans before we start that next phase in our life. So after working for over 40 years, I finally said goodbye to my full-time job, and I'm now working only a few days a week uh, at the same place. So yeah, I started semi-retirement just a few months back. So and by all, doing all that, I have seen that how I am talking about retirement has given other women a different perspective on retirement. So I want to keep doing that, bring a voice to the awareness and motivate women to choose a vibrant lifestyle in their next chapter. And that is the, the legacy that I want to leave with the podcast and everything else that I do. So if you are uh, thinking about retirement, if you are retired and you're struggling a little bit, you're not uh, really sure, then I have a special program. It's a 90-day program where I can help you jumpstart your retirement. So uh, it will help you to unlock your activity blocks, turn ideas into action, and create that happy retirement lifestyle that you want to start now in 2023. So you can email me at maria, uh, maria at blissful-retirement.com for more information on that program. So, and by, with that said, um, today's 
topic. I am so excited about that because we all hear about it. We all think money is the most important piece for having a happy retirement. And when we talk, you will find out from both of us that uh, we have a different vision on how much money that needs to be, that money is um, not everything. So um, that's the topic for today, how you can create more abundance in your life by having a different mindset about it. And um, so before I do that, I always uh, look for an affirmation that can inspire you for the next month to come. So my affirmation for this month is, I am grateful for the money I currently have and appreciate how it serves me. So, and by saying that, um, I want to let you know that not everybody is meant to have a couple of million dollars in the bank, but you, with the money that you have, that doesn't mean that's all you have. Life is going on. There is still a possibility, an opportunity to um, add some more to it, especially if you still are working, you still have a possibility to do it. But even, even um, when you uh, have retired already, um, life still can be good um, if you enjoy uh, what you have. So that's the, the main goal for today. So my speaker today, I'm going to welcome her now. Her name is Kim Curtis, and she is going to talk with us about retirement and how money uh, can have an effect on the life that we want in that chapter of our life. Welcome, Kim. I'm so happy to talk to you today. Oh, thank you, Maria. Look forward to our discussion. Yes. Um, I, I have been uh, planning or hoping to find somebody who can talk with us a little bit different as uh, all the things that you see in uh, in the news. And uh, when you do research and you type in, it's always about saving money and how do I invest and uh, you have to buy real estate and you have, there's so many ways on how you can um, accumulate more money and uh, it's never too late to start with something, but that's not a topic where I wanted to talk with you about today because uh, a lot of things is how we feel about the money, what we mm. think money can do for us. What is money? And um, so I, I, Want before we start, really, I want to do a quick uh, bio, just a couple of headlines of what I got. So you know what Kim's uh, does in her normal life when she's not talking <laughs> with me here about this. So Kim, she has at least six uh, different letters behind her, and I'm not going to mention anything. They all have to do with finances. She is committed to creating a new paradigm around money, prosperity, and abundance. And her mission is to reveal life's best-kept secrets for the mastery of money. So, and that uh, is um, something that she helps or where she's recognized for the world's 
foremost experts in building wealth consciousness. And she has worked directly with celebrities, with thought leaders. Um, she has been working or been on a stage with astronaut Buzz Aldrin. And so she has been really featured by uh, in in um in the financial world about finances and how that affects our mental uh, mindset on, on how to do that she has several awards uh also and she is a speaker and a best-selling author about two books listen here one is money secrets key to smart investing and the other one is Retirement Secrets, Keys to Retiring Happy, Healthy, and Free. So these are two excellent books, both on a topic that I think are important if you are planning for your retirement. So that's a great uh, opportunity for me now to have her here on the show. So uh, how, Kim, uh, how did you get to... Say, think about this whole money idea. What, uh, when did that uh, start with you that she thought of, okay, money is, is more as just an exchange for buying something? Yeah. You know, um, it's interesting because for many women, we think that money, we may have messages around money that, that, it's not appropriate to talk about or um, that other people have money, not us. And so whatever those beliefs are that we have come to play with how we show up. So for me, I actually, I'll tell a story, Maria, that my mom, um, my parents got divorced when I was a teenager yeah. and my mom got custody of full custody of three teenage girls and she had no employable skills at the time. So she applied for and received government assisted lunches. And in the day for me, it was a, it was a paper ticket. It was a red paper ticket that looked like um, a raffle ticket. So, you know, your listeners could actually visualize that. And I would have to hand that ticket to the cashier uh, every single day. So I'd go the furthest line. I would hide the ticket under my plate as I walked down and slid my tray down the aisle until I got to the cashier and then, looked behind me to make sure no friends were there and quickly handed that to her. Um, and the shame, first of all, everyone knew that your family's financial status, um, that I was poor, uh, two, the shame around that. And three, the not enoughness uh, that other people had money, not me. So that actually was my belief that I had going uh, through, through school. And, my mom had one thing that was so important to that she gave to the three of us girls is that she valued education. So I went to college, undergrad in New York. Uh, I then went to law school, moved out to Denver. I live in Denver, Colorado today. Uh, and quickly with after graduation, within six months, defaulted on my school loans. Oh, wow. I had no business understanding credit credit scores, what that meant, uh, how to manage money, how to manage anything. I, it was, I, I wasn't even aware of money, nor did I care at the time. And what happened, surprisingly, Maria, is that 
I had an anonymous gift that someone paid on my school loan debt of $1,000. Wow. And, you know, I'm a first to say how you do money is how you do life. So if your head is in the sand on money, trust me, your head is in the sand on other areas of your life. So my head was in the sand. So the fact that I even opened up the statement on that school loan debt was remarkable in itself that I noticed that the balance had gone down, not up. And I have to tell you, it was almost like a snap that happened to me. Um, Because it was anonymous, I couldn't go to the person and say, what do you see in me that I don't see in myself? Uh, I couldn't ask them, what do you want? What do you want from me? Um, I truly had to ask those questions to myself. So if someone believed in me that much, what is it that they saw in me that I didn't see? And two, that act of love and kindness, uh, I felt it all over, um, that that warmth of loving kindness, I guess is the best way to describe it. And that is, like I said, that snap was almost at that moment where I basically unconsciously said to myself, who do I want to be? And what am I going to do to be that person, to not not necessarily disappoint the person who believed in me through the gift, but not disappoint myself. And so it was a journey after that, but it was pretty much that events in our lives happen all the time that we have no control over, yes. but we do have control over how we respond yes. to those events, choices yeah. mm-hmm. that determine our outcomes. Yeah. And so here I am, a CEO now of a wealth management firm managing multi-million dollars, uh, 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 multiple millions of dollars. I mean, and who would have thought that 30, 40 years ago that I was that woman, that young woman? Yeah. And so I say that because it's a long answer to your question, but the story recognizes that we all, once confronted, could really unpack what stories we've been telling ourselves and whether they're ours or whether they're someone else's. You know, recognize that money is heredit, like money comes down, how we respond to it comes through generations. Yes. So you may be, yeah, you may be a tight, you know, a tight one. You wonder, why am I so frugal or tight one, however you want to define it? And it could be your great grandfather from generations ago (laughs) through the Great Depression. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. And um, and often we we don't know or we don't realize where it is coming from or even that the thoughts that you have about money are coming from so far uh, in your life. And uh, like you were in your teenage years already, often things from our childhood uh, that we remember uh, and that have an impact of us um, and that you, uh, if you start looking at what that could be and you really start thinking about it, you often find out where you may, uh, which experience it was that you keep remembering for some effect on on money on on and usually it's on the feeling of being poor or being not enough or not being mm-hmm. able to afford something that mm-hmm. then gives you for the rest of your life a kind of uh, idea, okay, money is not good or I never can 
earn um, six-figure uh, numbers, you know, because I don't come from that background. And that's where we I want to talk about a little bit today. That That is a something when you know that you can change and um and so and how we can how we can do that because you don't uh, and how the connection really is by thinking that throughout your life and being able to save or not to save and uh what you do with the money that you you earned really so um yeah so the relationship that we have with money um it starts all from what is in your head. Mm -hmm. So, yes. Um, so what can you tell our audience about um, that relationship? And if there is anything that they can do uh, or that could say, hey, uh, we all have it. Uh, what can we change? Yeah, I love that question, Maria, because if you think, first of all, I would, I would say that the first thing is to, is to unplug, you know, kind of get out of your environment, take, go for a walk, go to your garden, do whatever it is that makes you feel at peace and just rejuvenated and set an intention. Uh, we did the affirmation in the beginning of this, set an intention that you want to learn what what is going on with your money story? Like, what is it? Why, where is it coming from? And so once you unplug, then I would say, um, think about money. Think about what your response is to money. Because we all have a response to money. Yeah. It's visceral. We have re little receptors on our body that help us with health, but it also helps us in how we respond to money. And so one question I would ask is, um, when you see a wealthy person, what do you think of? For I have a young son. Well, not so young. He's he will be twenty three in a few days, as a matter of fact. Huh. Oh. Uh, and he sees a Ferrari and thinks, "Wow, success! That person is successful." And mm. I and I think, who would spend that much money on a car? <laughs> you know. So yeah. his receptor is very different than my receptor. Or if you see a poor person or someone on the streets asking for money, do you cross the street? What are those receptors that are triggering you in those examples? And then ask yourself, is it true? Yeah. Is what you're noticing true? Um, and you know, and then write out your money story. You know, what were your family conversations at the dinner table? Did you even have a conversation at the dinner table? Uh, what were the stories told in? your family or your grandparents. Uh, culturally, we have messages. As women in our culture, uh, we're, we're instilled, kind of ingrained in us to be of service. So I think sometimes that hurts us in being of service in necessarily understanding and embracing money because, you know, I, I'm a, we're givers, yeah, and and so it's so hard to be a receiver, and I'll yeah. talk about that too in a, in a minute. So believe, so unplug, understand what you think about money, wealthy, poor. What is that? Write down, journal your money story, and which those are your beliefs around money, and then ask if money. And this is what I say all the time: is is that money actually is looking for you? Aha. Not the opposite. We tend to think, I need money, I need money, I need to pay the bills, I have debt. 
uh, you know, I need uh, to continually um, search for money. When in essence, it's quite the opposite. Money has no value other than the value we give it. Yeah. So for money to find us, we have to be magnetic enough for it to see us. Yeah. So if money has no value, it's only the value we give it. What are we going to do to be magnetic enough for money to find us? Yeah. And I think the best example, Maria, is um, I grew up in Buffalo, New York. Yeah. And Buffalo uh, straddles the Canadian border and the state of New York. Mm -hmm. Uh, And right there, many of your listeners may know this, is the beautiful, vast Niagara Falls. Yes. And that Niagara Falls powered up the streetcars in Buffalo and ultimately lit up the lights in New York City back in the day. And the way it was able to do that was by the power plants that lined its banks. The falls has no power until the plants were put in to light up the streets of Buffalo and New York. So, So if you understand, money is the same way. So the falls needs the power plants to be useful, just like money needs us to add value to the world. Is that helpful? Yes. Um, that's definitely uh, telling me that um, it, it's, um, it can't work un- until we actually um, see what it does for us in a way of, hey, the purchase power that it has for something that you can afford now or cannot afford now, and uh, that money will come to you no matter what because it's it's out there. It's it's there. It's just um, it has not found a way yet to you because uh, of your belief uh, that it is restricted in a way or. Um, that you don't deserve it, um, or that, uh, yeah, you can't do better as what you're doing right now. So that's a, that's a, a, a really good way of uh, showing um, what it means um, for it, it, it's out there already. So how can we s- switch that flip? say kind of a thing in that that we all of a sudden start to love money instead of being mm. afraid for mm. to think about money because money my, yeah we might feel poor about it or like i say we might not be able to afford something somebody else gets uh, is able to to do and some people are frugal and other people they are just uh exuberant in in the way how they can uh, use the money they don't care they just go and and get things so mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. what would you um suggest to the, the so when i t- when i shared my story in the beginning it was really around awareness yeah and love which is self-worth Think yeah. about that. If you can't love yourself, money can't find you. Ah. So understanding who you are and what you deserve. And that's what the snap was for me. All of a sudden, I realized I'm worthy. Yes. I'm enough. And once you, your self-worth determines your net worth, you know, yeah. your self-worth, your self-awareness 
who you are, are you valuable, makes it easier than for money to find you. So if, in fact, money is looking for you today, what ideas do you have for it? Because, you know, I could make and, and what ideas do you have for it and be valuable to others? Because uh, money, you know, ideas are abundant. So if we come up with ideas and many of them are not that great, but if ideas are abundant, money is too. And so I think if we can recognize and realize that it's okay to just be creative and be resourceful and start from a place inside of you of abundance versus scarcity. Remember, I, I was totally unaware and unconscious. And once you start putting it forward, all of a sudden it knows how to find you because you know what you're looking for. Right. Yes. Yes. And that's that's kind of what I meant in the introduction. Uh, I, I might have said it a little bit different. It is that because there's so many ways on how you can attract money and that has nothing to do really with the only job or the, your work performance that you had for the 30 or 40 years that are that you have lived already. There is still a lot of years in front of you and there are many opportunities and ways how you can uh, still attract uh, wealth in your life by being open and receptive. And like you say, creative and have a mindset that doesn't go out from scarcity money is there in abundance uh, Mm -hmm. for all of us there's plenty out there yeah so with those ideas that come to you pick one or two of them you know uh, of the outcomes Uh, so if you pick one or two of the outcomes of those ideas whether it be for you whether it be for your family or your loved ones or the greater good of the world, because yeah. uh, money does like to exponentially compound to serve yeah. others. So when we think if part of our money message that we got growing up was was that it, money was dirty or that it was inappropriate or and you're a giver, well, figure out with your ideas well, how you can have money find you so that you can do more of what you already do as a giver, that you can uh, be more generous and and change things around you, whether it be you individually, your family or your community. Yes. So you want me to summarize what I just said? (laughs) If you can do that, yes, (laughs) go ahead. I I think for the listeners, it may be worthwhile. So the first thing I said is unplug. The second thing I said is what, what do you think about money? Question mark. The third is write out your money story. Yeah. And then the fourth was ask if money is looking for you and what ideas, if money was looking for you, what ideas do you have for it? Yeah. And then fifth, pick one or two of the outcomes of those ideas. Yeah. Whether it's for you or your family or your loved ones. Um, And then actually I would say number six is go for a walk. Feel that. Let it get inside of you. Really feel the, the love around you and the joy of what that can do by being magnetic for money to find you. And then I would say seven, the bonus is gratitude. Yeah, That's a bonus one. Uh, be grateful for everything that you have. And when you're grateful, it's easier than to have self-awareness and self-love yes. uh, and worthiness. 
Yes, yes, for sure. Thank you for putting it in uh, in a six-step uh, idea of uh, how can we shift this uh, mm. in ourselves with uh, and um, it, 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 you might have to do it multiple times and you will each time get maybe a different story that you can uh, address and say, hey, how did I get this uh, feeling? How? Why do I believe this? And uh, then see what it does when you have said, okay, okay, I accept that I think this, but I know, and, and, and now you can change it in what you really believe that you can create uh, the life you want and live an abundant life in, in any aspect. And money is one piece of it. So, yes, um, yes. so th that's kind of how we would be able to change our mind by loving ourselves and the money actually will will follow then in 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 our in our thinking and in our life so um what would you say is uh um why do women didn't have a chance really to um use their um, skills and talents to um, be more aware and more adept in investing money in uh, that kind of the financial as uh, area where we, um, yeah, where we have saved our money really, and where it is growing. At least that's what uh, what they tell us. Unless we have an economic crisis and it uh, it crashes, but um, why do you think that that had an effect on women? Why do you think mm. they didn't get <laughs> in in that field, or people yeah. uh, women have not done as much as men? You know, it's funny. Our relationship with money is complicated as women. Yeah, and we have very real challenges uh, around that. Uh, if you think of ancient Egypt, women had the same financial rights as men. Yeah, uh, in the United States, it took us over three hundred years for women to have any type of property rights. Yeah. So we weren't given necessarily the same rights and opportunities historically, and we were raised generally. I know my mother was to be seen, and my grandmother especially, not heard to be seen, not heard. Yeah, so. And it really wasn't until, at least in the United States, until as late as 1960, that women women could have a credit card without getting their husband's permission or get a, take a job without getting their husband's mm -hmm. permission. I mean, that seems so antiquated, but it's very real um, to get that they needed consent or to open a bank account. So I think that the, the earlier generations uh, were socialized to play it safe, really women. You know, my my mother and grandmother had a little stash account that they would set money aside. But that wasn't for opportunity or investments. That was for safety. That was for, you know, security. Like if you had to do something uh, to make it happen. So no opportunity or empowerment or anything whatsoever. So I think the net impact of being socialized to play it safe um, and the acceptance of basic lack of financial knowledge has really put many of us into uh, self-limiting mindsets around money. And I think it's generational, as we talked about earlier. Yes, yes. Uh, I, thank you for uh, 
being so uh, concise in describing what really is uh, a big piece of why we women often lack um, resources and the, the plan to invest money and uh, are not aware about all those things uh, because it was part of our history. Uh, and like you say, the majority of us now probably might have a credit card, I hope, and be <laughs> able to uh, to use it as well and not just rely on on, on cash uh, in, in, in their life. Mm -hmm. But yes, mm -hmm. that has definitely had an impact on how much money we think is, like you used the word, appropriate or do we deserve in our life? And how have you seen in your practice that this kind of thinking, what effect does that have mm, on when mm. women are planning and thinking about their mm. retirement? Yeah, thank you for asking that. I, I think that women generally don't lean in when we're talking about money or investing like the men do. Yeah, uh, Where women lean in is when they talk about their family and they talk yeah. about their aging parents or uh, how can they provide for people that they care about? That's when women lean in are the things that are important to them. And so when we combine the investments with the planning, it allows for, uh, you know, oftentimes women being heard for the first time in their marriage yeah, uh, so that they could share what they really want, which is different. It's not just money. There's no amount of rate of return that can create an extraordinary life. Yes. No amount of money can create an extraordinary life. It's really about what you, who you are and what is your purpose and your passion. So if you think about people come to firms like mine because they want their money managed, our job is to tie that money to a financial plan. Yeah. So if we had a pyramid and we had four levels in that pyramid, the first is managing money. The second is goal achievement that women find it most interesting. And then once you combine the two, that third level as you work up the pyramid is is a uh, lifestyle. Money is frenetic and crazy. And if we could put it down as a foundation, then all of a sudden you have the ability to breathe for the first time off the hamster wheel, like, oh, I can step off. It was worth it. I finally have peace of mind. Yeah. And once you get peace of mind, you can breathe. Yeah. And once you can breathe, the pinnacle of that pyramid is impact. You can make a difference depending on the word. It could be impact. It could be significance. It could be fulfillment. It could be legacy, whatever word resonates with you. But why are we here on this planet? We're here to make a difference in the world and do what we love and share that with others. And when you are in that zone is when money finds you. And so in working with us, we could do that all day long in our sleep is help people get to the top that they could actually dream and make a difference and really allow for some possibilities for them uh, to do different, to, to, you know, to what's the next 30 going to look like 30 years and how can it be worthwhile for that individual or family? Yes. I, I totally agree with you when you say uh, yeah, money, um, it's, 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 it's good. If, if you have a lot of money, it makes it easier, but um, you can have a happy retirement, and have a vibrant and joyful life. And it is not based really on having money. There are other things in your life that are much more important that can bring you more joy and love and 
um, feelings of uh, being, like you say, significant or having a purpose mm-hmm. of or just being connected to other pieces, to uh, people, to friends, to family or animals if you love animals uh, the dog or horse or there's so many ways on how you can um dream about that last chapter or that next chapter in your life where you really sh- shouldn't have to worry about money anymore but where you finally w- should be able to live that dream life of what you always wanted to to have and the lifestyle that you want. And that's different for everybody. Not everybody wants to travel the world uh, when they <laughs> retire. So if, 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 if they're talking about uh, goals and things to do in retirement and how much money to have, then often it's connected with having a lifestyle that needs that kind of money. But you can find joy in things uh, much closer to home that don't have to cost um, uh, half a million or a million dollars. It's up to you mm-hmm. how you um, find what makes you happy in, in retirement. So, yeah. Um, what is your your mantra? Uh, you mentioned it earlier on, but I wanted, want you to say it one more time. For the listeners to know, and and I believe that wholeheartedly too. So, what is your mantra, mm. uh, Kim? About retirement? I think what you're what you're saying uh, is, I believe that how you do money is how you do life. Yeah. And no amount of money could create an extraordinary life. I mean, money is really not evil. Greed is. And so, money only reveals more of who you already are. So if you're loving and giving and generous and you love and to be loved, uh, you can turn that inspiration into energy and that then drives success, which then remember what we talked about, makes you magnetic for money to find you. And then you can use money as a tool to achieve your dreams and enrich those who you love. Yes, that's actually something everybody can. There is, uh, you don't need to have that kind of money already. That's something that you can create by being um, the, the giving and loving person that you are mm. authentically mm. already and just uh, um, give more of it and um, you will see that life is good and uh, will reward you for that. So I, I love this. Um Yes, um, I have to stop here with asking my questions. <laughs> I could talk with you for much longer as you hear about this topic, how we can change uh, our feelings and um, also be happy in a way with what what we got already and how we can make it um, make it work for us. So. Um, I believe you have some really beautiful resources for our listeners that they can get. So can you um, tell the audience where they can find it? I will put it in the the show notes as well, but just mention it here too. Yeah, perfect. Uh, so it's uh, there's lots of free, really, really, really valuable things. And it's at financialliteracypress.com. Financialliteracypress.com. 
And there's the 10 laws of money every investor should know. There's the essential retirement guide. There's also an aging parent guide that helps us. uh, What are we missing when we're taking care of someone who's aging? Um, And it says granular as creating a playlist of their favorite music so that when they can't communicate, you have that music for them to listen to. So really, really valuable things that you can see in the show notes, but financialliteracypress.com. Okay, thank you. Yes, I um, I got myself your tw- the essential uh, guide and I looked through it. It's really an awesome resource for anybody who's still planning. And even if you have retired already, mm-hmm. it, 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 it makes you think again about the situation that you're in. And you might see that there are things that you can change or where you have not thought of and that are still uh important piece of having peace in retirement about your financial situation that you are in and so it's it's a great uh um, ebook that you can download and that uh, i uh, uh, wholeheartedly can recommend to use so um thank you kim for having time i loved it um i uh I, I hope we stay in touch uh, in this case. And uh, listeners, thank you for being on this show today. I hope you got uh, the sixth step of changing your mind about your financial uh, thoughts and thinking. Uh, how can I uh, be more wealthy? And wealthy is a relative um word in a way that's different for everybody mm-hmm. so thank you for listening today if you have any questions or any suggestions about a topic please feel free to email me at uh, maria at blissful-retirement.com and i love to get those emails and those questions they will help me plan for um another episode And as you know, every last Wednesday of the month, there is a new podcast live. So um, feel free to check out all the existing ones. I think there's 20 or 30 of them already. So plenty of possibilities to find a topic that you might like. Thank you so much. And I wish you all a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Women Seeking Blissful Retirement. Your host, Maria Lukasen, will return with another show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll help you enjoy better retirement.